On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and you guys, I am so excited. Today is such a treat, and many of you know I love to draw. I share my drawings and paintings on Instagram, and they're not that good, but they're still fun. But today I get a real artist. I'm really excited about the talent that you're about to meet. And not only that, he's vegan. And you guys, I, I just can't wait for you to meet him. But Mr. Tommy Keene, how are you today? Always doing good. I'm always in a good mood and happy and upbeat. So it's oh. nice to be here. It's nice to have uh, someone want me. Uh, <laughs> well, I think there'll be more people who, who are excited about your work. Um, you've got a really interesting portfolio of work and it's just, it's very thought provoking. And that's the part I love about it. It makes me think and it really, you know, pulls those emotional strings. And I just can't wait to, to dive into that. But I'd really first love to just learn about you and what made you decide to go into, I know you started as an illustrator, what made you decide to the, the love of art? Well, I just always did it, even as a little kid, like three or four my father worked for the New York Times. He was a pressman. So he worked at night printing the newspapers, you know, that's kind of like a, a real blue collar union -y job. And he always had these little sketchbook and he would draw kind of like his hands or us sitting. And when I, and my uncle would draw a lot too. And I, as a little kid discovered the sketchbooks in a drawer and I'm like, what's this? I'm like, you did this? And he's like, yeah. So I've just had an obsession really little like three years old and once I was in kindergarten which was probably in the back of my book too uh, when my mother you know came to meet the kindergarten teacher she's like your son's the best artist I've ever seen draw like he's so beyond anyone else but my mother didn't have you know she wasn't looking at what other five-year-olds were doing and uh, she didn't quite get it but so I just always drew even first grade second teachers are always like oh that's the kid that draws and no one ever had to say to me go to your room and draw or, or you know it was mostly yeah. stop drawing and do your homework you know <laughs> but then once I found like mad magazine in mad magazine it was what I became obsessed with even in newspapers as a little kid my father would bring home like the New York Herald and all these other once in the sports section, they did a lot of caricatures, you know, like Mickey Mantle. And so I became obsessed with making drawings look like a person, but the starting their uh, features. And I, ju I just couldn't get that, you know, compulsion out of me. It's kind of like if you read about, I think, um, Eric Clapton and people like that, just they just sat in their room and pl played over and over and over and over endlessly. Uh, oh. And I just did the same thing. So that's yeah. how it was just always kind of a part of me, but it was a, a fixation. You know? uh -huh. Yeah, it sounds like there's some genetic <laughs> aspects as well. So I, I really like that because when you look at your more, the most recent book, you have two books, which I have here. Um, this one, guys, if you know, because I'm, I'm putting this on YouTube as well, besides the uh, audio podcast, it's all my photographs are made with pens. And when you first started talking in the book about Ansel Adams, oh my God, your sense of humor is fantastic. Um, there is some really cool stuff, the drawings of the models, the drawings of animals and different people. I mean, it's the work is just, it's just phenomenal. 
what made you decide that you like that extortion of, of certain facial features and how do you decide like how much or what to do? I'm so intrigued about the thought process that's going on because I want to learn <laughs> so desperately. <laughs> well, I think maybe I should back up a little in that once I was as a kid trying to do caricatures and things, I as I got older, like especially high school, you know, I was deciding like, maybe I'll try to do art like as a living, but my parents were against it, mm -hmm. especially my mother, you know, she's like, how are you gonna make a living do it? Like, what is that? They had no concept of that you could, you know, mm -hmm. that you would just kind of struggle and not make money. So it was not something encouraged. So I actually went to like two years of uh, community college, not really taking art. And I took all my liberal arts courses and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I, I, my mother worked in a high school and she said, why don't you talk to this guidance counselor? And he said, I think you should do it. Like go to, he, that's why I went to a school in Buffalo. He said they have teaching courses and all other kinds of things, but you can, it's a very good art school. And the second I got in there, I kind of took off like a rocket. Then wow. after I worked at the Buffalo News, I grew up on Long Island, so I wanted to live in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. I was just obsessed with the crazy, dirty New York with the Bowery bums and everything. Like, I want to live there. But none of my other siblings, they hated. They're like, oh, New York's disgusting. <laughs> so I got a job in advertising. And uh, advertising is kind of where I learned concepts like coming up with ideas they were like that's great you can draw and this is way before computers this is in the early 80s okay so they actually hired people just to draw so when they presented their ideas to the clients they were all in drawing forms now everything you scan pictures into the computer and you can manipulate it but then mm -hmm. it had to be beautiful rendered drawings done in magic markers mm -hmm. so when they looked at my portfolio they're like oh we need someone like you because our full-time artist had a heart attack and we let him go at one o'clock. He just works half a day. He's been with us so long. So you can work in the studio, do some mechanical paste ups and things, but half the day you'll be drawing. And so once I was in that environment, I was like, I had ideas too, because the creative directors would come to me. I would draw up their ideas. They do little drawings kind of on napkins. Can you do this? Like, yeah, I, I got it. And I was so good that after a while, they wouldn't even come with a drawing. They'd just explain it and oh, wow. you know, trust what I did. But then I started to come up with my own concepts and stuff from what I saw they did. I, go, I have a better idea than this. And I'd show them and they're like, that is really clever. Mm -hmm. So they promoted me. And then through that, I ended up making like TV commercials working with great animators. I do all these print ads with like the best photographers in the world. And I hired a lot. I did a big campaign where I got to hire my illustrator heroes. So the guys that were doing the covers of Time Magazine and Newsweek and, wow. you know, they were the hugest artists. And I was selling this campaign and I'm like, I think I can hire these people. And they would say, oh, my studio is like in Midtown. Why don't you come, you know, and hang out? I was like, oh, my God. And so I was so young and I realized I was not at that level. I didn't feel like I could ever become an illustrator because they were so superior to me. But what I liked is I didn't mind being, I'd rather be the worst in, around the best than the best. Like if I stayed in Buffalo, it would have been like, oh, that guy is the best artist in all of Buffalo. Second mm -hmm. I moved to New York, I moved down the ladder to the worst, you know? <laughs> but that made me learn and that made me 
try to forge and make my work better. But once I was in advertising, I abandoned my own. I would draw all the time because I had to and some for fun too, but I just thought, oh, I'm not really going to be an artist. I'm in advertising as a creative. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until years later that I kept at it and then started like really expanding and being, you know, the internet had a lot to do with it too, because very early on, you would always see, I would get these books, like the best illustrators of the year. And I could look through the books to see other people's work. But once the internet came in, you could just, oh my God, see all this work at your fingertips constantly. And then I started pushing myself further. So it was almost sort of later in life, I really pushed myself harder uh, as an artist. So, cause I read that you were, so you worked, you're in advertising for 25 years and then- 35, yeah. 35 years, wow. And so <clears throat> what made you decide that the sketchbook would be your I mean you have other mediums you have the ceramics and some other things but it seems like the sketchbook is your main medium what made you decide it's the sketchbook and sitting and drawing and doing different things what what the sketchbook was um I don't know if you know Danny Gregory from sketch yes School. I do yeah. I'm another fan I got like a few of his books laying around too yeah so <laughs> when, when I first got into advertising I was there like a couple of years, three or four years, who knows? And then the agency hired Danny Gregory. He was just out of school. Mm -hmm. So someone was like, you should work with him, this like kid. And I was a kid too. I was like 14 and he was like 12, you know? <laughs> That's what it seemed like. Everyone was an adult and we were like the two children, you know? <laughs> so we were the our first, you know, like uh, writer, art director team together was me and Danny. And then over many years, like 20 years, he went to another agency. We had lost touch at a certain point. And then I ran into someone, they go, hey, you know, and this was when the internet was so young. No one had a blog, no one had anything. No one knew what any of that stuff was. And someone said, you know, your friend, Danny Gregory, he has a blog and it's about sketching and drawing. I was like, really, like, what's a blog? And I searched for it maybe for like a year. And then one time I came upon it and I'm like, wow, what is this? I started reading it and it was all about the sketchbooks, you know? Because I was doing kind of large paintings in my house and all this stuff. And I'm like, I never even thought to use a sketchbook. And the thing why I loved it and became addicted to it was because I could take it everywhere. I could take yeah. it in my office and meetings, I could. And then I started to treat it like jewelry because each drawing I did was so elaborate that I didn't want the next page to be like a well, I'll spend five minutes on a drawing. I go, this has to be good too. I know this feeling. <laughs> yeah, so that's how I got addicted to the sketchbooks was through him. And then one day, believe it or not. So I was doing that for about a year drawing. I'd read his blog all the time. Like, you should buy this kind of pen. This thing, I learned everything from him, but we had lost touch. I didn't have his phone number. I didn't even know. One day I was sitting on the street drawing and I hear Tom. And I look up and it was Danny. He just stumbled upon me walking through the East Village. And he's like, what are you doing? And I go, you're not going to believe the story I'm about to tell you. Oh, and wow. we went to my apartment. I had all these big paintings. I was doing a lot of paintings and stuff at the time. And I said, I've been reading your blog for like two years. And I became addicted to sketchbooks as a result. He's like, you got to be kidding me. So oh, that's wow. how it happened. Yeah, he's got a really phenomenal story. Maybe I can get him on sometime too. Um, just it, it, 
it amazes me. I so you guys should check out the real Tommy Keen Instagram. That's some really cool stuff. And so you went into the sketchbook, <clears throat> you started doing developing more of your own art, and then you started the website. So tell me a little bit about like where do you get inspiration? I know you travel, then there's the vegan side of things, which I feel like is really amazing. Yeah. Where do you get like your inspiration? Like you well, just I walking guess, by and like, hey, that sound looks good. Well, it's sort of uh, several things because when I first discovered the sketchbook, Danny had kind of found another person or two that was doing it. So what he did, it was always drawing on the street. He would go mm. like that urban sketching, right? Yep. So he would sit and draw on the street, and I go, oh, I should do that too. Or I would draw in my office certain things. So that became sort of the MO. You'd get, I, then Danny and I would meet, we'd sit on the street. And the first two times I drew, one day he had this little stool and I'm like, the hell is that? Because I'm sitting on the <laughs> curb, I'm hunched over, I'm dying. He's like, oh, and it's a camping stool. I go, oh my God, that's it. So we were like the original <laughs> pioneers before everyone kind of started doing that stuff. Wow. Um, yeah, so it, it just... I, that's all I did was draw on the street and draw scenes of stuff. Then over time, you know, the urban sketchers. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yes. I was, yeah. So I was one of the first people that Gabby contacted. And so then I was like, oh, it's a good idea. So I was doing that for a long time. But what happened as the internet exploded, then you had thousands and millions of people drawing on the street. So to me, I'm like, it always looks the same. I don't judge whether it's good or bad or whatever. It's right. like, here's an old house in my neighborhood. And then I'd see a hundred of them. So wow. I'm like, I'm getting bored of this. So I veered more into editorial kind of stuff. And that all grew out of being an advertiser. Okay. So, so like Danny and I were always given an assignment. It's like, all right, here's like toothpaste. But this toothpaste we're going to sell to college girls, you know? And, it's, mm. they, and so now we would have to come up with a concept and an idea. So I was always concepting working with writers and it's good in advertising you're sort of like I would do some of the writing you would do some of the art I would you know you switch back and forth to do everything you're problem solving mm. and having been in the newspaper too where it's assignments right mm -hmm. and the good thing is is there's a due date this has to be done in a week and you have to present something so it's not like oh, I have idea block or writers I can't think of anything it's like you got to think of something not even something <laughs> internally you always have to show like 10 ideas so as I started drawing I had all this discipline almost like the army of like solving problems coming up with solutions wow. so that's kind of how I attack all my drawings now so every once in a while I could be in Paris I'll do some drawing on the street I'll incorporate that it's not like I've stopped doing it right. but what I like to now is I sort of read something and I'm like, oh, that's an interesting fact or a theory. And then I will try to come up with a visual solution to it, right? Draw right. that and then kind of post it. And the vegan thing too, it's a little hard, believe it or not, finding lots and lots of facts because mm. they're not like you'll type vegan facts and it's more about eating or things like that. It's not more about animal production or water or land use mm -hmm. or those things are harder mm -hmm. to come across but that's sort of how I came about to where I am now and that's how I think people kind of know me and are gravitated because 
with a lot of the urban sketchers, when I meet up with them or whatever, and they go, hey, you can look at my sketchbook. I know it's going to be on every page. It's going to be a house, mm -hmm. a fire hydrant. I, I'm like, okay, that's fantastic, which mm -hmm. I get. I'm not putting them down because I did the same thing. But when you hold mine, you don't know what the hell is on the next page, right? <laughs> and so yes. I, that's what I, you know, I enjoy. And that's what keeps me going. And and I'm so, I'm very easily self-motivated. Then the other mm -hmm. secondary thing is just, I'm motivated by other artists who I admire. Mm -hmm. So I'll see stuff that they do and I'm like, oh my God, that's so brilliant. Even though there's not a concept to it, mm -hmm. it's so theatrical or crazy and interesting and riveting. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of what I started doing was overlaying many images on a page. Mm -hmm. So I don't just like draw a fire hydrant, it's like, there's like two chickens, a fire, a sink, a whatever. Sometimes I'm just in a place and I'm just drawing all these random things, but it's how I put them together unplanned because my drawings take a lot of time. They yeah. could take like anywhere from like five hours to eight hours to do like mm -hmm. a page. Because sometimes I'll draw with someone and I'll just draw like one thing for like an hour and a half or two. They're like, I'm done. And I'm like, all right, I got to do six more hours of drawing but some other time I can just do part of it mm. so that has all those kind of things combined has kind of built to where I am now and how I draw wow so you know kind of I love that that you're using concepts so I kind of mentioned in medical school I had used drawings cartoons to memorize facts so because I went through medical school I had three little kids they were five three and, and ten months when I started medical school so I had <laughs> yeah I know it, I lost some I lost some brain cells in that process <laughs> a lot of gray hair um but there there was stacks of pharmacology that they handed out I was like oh here you go I was like oh is that the next two you know month or semester they're like oh no that's two weeks I'm like oh <laughs> and so I'm like I had to do laundry and cook dinner and my poor husband's driving but uh I started drawing like that kind of same thing like I'd use a Pepsi bottle as a peptidoglycan it's a class of drugs and then I draw a vein right. for vancomycin and you know just oh, connecting because then when you take a test, I could memorize, I was like, I don't have to rely on my poor brain. <laughs> my, I will visually see that picture and go, yes, that's the answer. And uh, that was really fun. So then my classmates got into it and we did it for microbiology. We did it for behavioral, you know, uh, different things like mental health diagnoses. And oh, cool. those were really interesting. Yeah. Pathology. It's really fun stuff. And I really find what I love about your vegan drawings is... You know, I started, I've been vegan for 10 years. I've incorporated this in my practice. I launched a national telemedicine company. We, it's crazy. Anyway, we're seeing patients from all over the world who want to go a plant-based diet to get healthy. But there's this journey, right? That you come across the ethical side of things, the the climate change, the the welfare of animals. We all love animals. But you pull it out and make it so, such like a story, like theater. It's like looking at an entire play visually and it's just like I can't stop looking at them so there's just so many well I think uh, some How of do you it do is that? my well it's my advertising training I think of each thing as because what you what I'm trying to do in my head is sort of convert someone it's not mm. just to be in a bubble like oh I should only be followed by vegans and then mm. they're like oh yeah we agree with you it's like mm -hmm. so what we're all vegan we don't right <laughs> The thing is the opposite. It's like someone who just sort of likes my art and hates that kind of stuff. 
But over time, maybe one or two things, they're like, you know, I didn't realize that about shrimp, that there's so much bycatch mm -hmm. killed as a result. I just, you know, I go to my supermarket and get it, I didn't, but you're drawing. And so now I either eat less of it or I just cut that out or, because mm -hmm. some people are very kind of uh, fanatical about it, you know, mm -hmm. and they're kind of angry or whatever. So you don't, you don't win anyone over or get people to think in that way. Same mm -hmm. like in advertising. If I just do some crazy toothpaste that, you know, the client's like, no one bought this toothpaste. They hate it, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to kind of just, I find a fact that's like shocks me. And then I mm -hmm. do it in a way that's visually interesting that forces people to maybe read the thing. And I do it in a kind of humorous, I'm just kind of giving you this piece of information by trying not really to preach or say I'm better than you because I lived an entire life eating the same way. It's to be hypocritical. So that's where I was actually quite good in advertising and yeah. successful. So that I'm just applying the same things. Uh, well, you know, not all minds work uh, like that. You're the, I mean, <laughs> so I'm going to pull out, if you don't mind, if I could share sure. some of your photos. Um, I really love this one too. It, it's outside of the vegan, but in memories <clears throat> of the victims of the Orlando massacre, and you just yeah. like take an IV bag and do the, the rainbow. Um, that was one thing, but <clears throat> you have a whole section on, you know, the, the vegan stuff and let me get to there was one in particular it's the elmer fudd where yeah. he is literally guys oh where what he put that on i should have marked it um yeah i know the one but, you're talking about yes and so basically it's if you can imagine it's elmer fudd you know that looney tunes uh commercial you know that we all grew up watching yeah because he's always hunting elmer fudd yes. he's hunting bugs bunny and he never can kill him Yes. And so basically you have, that's, you know, that's all folks, but you say it's like, um, there's, a, you replace Looney Tunes, you put Looney meat and you had, um, cut off the head of Elmer Fudd and he's still smiling, <laughs> laying there in his arm. Oh no, it was Porky Pig. Cause he's the Porky pig. pig, Porky Pig. Yes. I'm sorry. Not Elmer Fudd, Pork, Porky Pig. And, um, but yeah, cause I'm trying to think and, and scroll at the same time. It doesn't work out so well sometimes, but, um, there, it's just so intriguing. And then there's this other, hold on, let me get to it. I'm going to. But that one in a way I'm trying to relate to people, but it's sort of fun and humorous and it's not so gross because it's sort of a cartoon, but I'm trying to say like, even like brands, you know, it's like Elsie the cow and all, they make these things cute, you know, yes. the, the Burger King, it's a king and the Ronald yes. McDonald, the clown but yes. behind it, you know, you're murdering these animals. So. Yeah, so that's yeah, one. That, yeah, Porky Pig, Porky Pig. And yeah. so there's these other ones too that really resonated with me that I just like, I have to talk to you. And um, was things like this one where you have the chicken for those who are just listening and you have it's skinless tattoos. chicken and he's dead and he's got all the, the map. Tattoos. Yeah, yeah the tat if you can see that guys. But I mean- for me, I showed this to my husband. <clears throat> He's like, oh my goodness. Yes. I said, I would love to be able to draw things like this on the medical side of things, right? So I'm seeing uh, patients taking these products and literally killing themselves. They're dying. And there was one that you had, um, I don't remember, it was a pig and laying in a bed and they had an IV going in. Yes. I think it was a span cam or something. 
That no, was that a, one. Uh, that one was, was because of COVID. Okay. Because um, remember, even at a certain point, it was infecting like animals in the zoo, like the Bronx yeah. Zoo. The tigers got COVID, and oh, so that one was based on the fact that right away, remember, it was the slaughterhouses. Mm, yes. Out west, they got the COVID ran completely through those places. Yeah. So what yeah. I did, yeah, it was a a pig lying in bed hooked up to an IV and I had all these little COVID mm, molecules circling around. That's what it was. Around that's what it was. Yeah. Now, do you me. know um, Dean Ornish? Is that, yes, you know that? I do know Dean Ornish personally. Yes. Oh, amazing. Oh, because that like part of like when I became vegan, it was uh, through, I, I have friends that are vegan. Yes. And one day I would just sort of eat the food with them and I never made a big deal of it or thought about it. One day my friend was like, we were talking about documentaries and he said you should watch cowspiracy and i'm like mm. all right and when i watched that it had such an effect because how little i knew i thought like the rainforest in the amazon was being cut for timber you know mm -hmm. and when i realized it was just to make farmland to grow food to feed the other mm -hmm. i was like god that's so insidious and i had no you know it's like the power that the meat industry has in marketing mm -hmm. what i did advertising to make mm -hmm. everything like like you don't see or understand these things was kind of shocking to me yeah yeah and you then in my slaughter curtain right this it's like the yeah. curtain to the slaughter what's the real facts go ahead i'm sorry but, but then i had uh, some family members who you know had heart problems or heart attacks or you know like surgery and things and when you're in the hospital like even when they're like they had a massive heart attack or they had yeah. like open heart surgery you know they're bringing them like salisbury steak and you know meatloaf food you know would you like mm -hmm. the chicken a la king or you know in the hallways mm -hmm. full of like coca-cola and like doritos and potato chips so even when they go home and like my father had open heart surgery and then literally my the the people would come in they would talk to my mother it's sort of like a nutritionist not really mm -hmm. the doctors. I wish the doctors more would be the ones explaining. Mm -hmm. And, she, you know, they would say he shouldn't eat this or that and the other. And she was like, well, but he likes those things. And she would fight each day. And I'm like, oh. why are you fighting the person? And because she's almost like, I don't quite believe them. And finally, this one nutritionist before he's going to leave, she's like, well, okay, we'll just have him eat things in moderation. And so she mm -hmm. was like, you see, you're allowed to eat everything in moderation. I'm like, that isn't what mm -hmm. she said. You argue with her for days and days, and now you've convinced yourself that it's moderation, but- uh, Moderation kills. Yeah, I mean, you know that book, The China Study? And, oh yes, that was one yeah. of the first book I've, oh yes, I know, I knew all, these are all, these, okay. So just like I hunted you down, I hunt them all down. <laughs> They've become well, friends over the years. <laughs> well, I know someone who, knew one of the people in the book and suggested it to me because that's a good one because it really shows you how they kind of mm. go to cornell in these places and pay for all these studies but they want certain outcomes and they can control right. who the dean of the departments are going to be and it's all mm -hmm. so they want doctors to be going into their you know saying well you should be on blood thinners or whatever they don't say like mm. well maybe it's what you're eating because i mm -hmm. even had family members who are great athletes and they suffered a heart attack and it was like it's not because you're not pumping your heart and doing this all the time it's like maybe it's like the pork and chicken and you know mac and cheese that you're eating like 24 7. You know? right absolutely yeah so nope. there's all these 
you know, there's the kind of destruction to the earth, but and the terror to the animals and then our health, you know. Yeah, it really is, you know, it's it's pretty remarkable. It's a the plant-based diet can be a win-win-win for human health, animal welfare, and the earth. I mean, it's just it's phenomenal to me that people don't put this together, but it took me a while too. <laughs> sure. I mean, um, look, I ask every doctor in New York when because I've had uh, friends, relatives needed surgery. So I'm always like talking to surgeons, doctors, I'm in hospitals, I'm my eye doctor, dentist. And I ask all of them and 100% said, you should have a plant-based diet. They, um, they're all, a lot of them are like, I can't do it or I have, a, but I've never had one say like, oh, that's a crazy thing to do. So yeah. it's reassuring York, at least. Yeah, New York is very progressive. It's not like yeah. that across the country, unfortunately. No, that's but... same with my, when I would go to my parents, you know, the doctors in New Jersey, the, the yeah. conversations they're having, I'm like, no one's bringing up, maybe it's the food you're eating. <laughs> no one, it's crazy. You know, it's kind of like doctors are human too, right? So they, yeah. it, 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 what really, really gets to me is those who promote a ketogenic type diet and they're just literally pushing the same buttons that made the chronic disease worse. And it's just, blows my mind but that's the kind of thing that really resonates me like you what you're doing like with your work I just it just mind I love that you had all this experience and it culminated to the ability to do these expressions that you're just like yes I get it this makes so much sense and yeah, they're just um, little ads and the, the my my images happen to be drawing yeah, and actually, uh, I should tell you, I have a new book coming in the spring. It's really? Ve yeah, because my publisher kept saying, well, let's do a book of vegan art. You know, you have so much, but I go, I don't have enough to fill a book. It's a, that's like a tremendous amount. So one day I'm like, I can't be the only one doing this. So I started Googling and I found all these people around the world, kind of like painters, cartoonists, other illustrators, oh, photographers. Wow. So I reached out to them and I think like 24 agreed so we put together this book that will be coming out so you'll get to see other people's kind of work and and how they attack it too so that's awesome kind of like some of David Gregory's books he yeah, has on exactly. different artists that is fantastic but yeah I like now I did see consistently some there's a ball of yarn Right. So you had one yeah. recently that you had done with the birds and they were pulling out the balls of yarn out of the garden. But that's in a lot of different your drawings. Is there a meaning? Does that mean connectedness? Or well, I have been my, wanting to ask. You know, it's funny. My wife, who's the lawyer, she, um, you know, when we, we met and married later in life, I didn't get married to my late 40s. Now I'm 64. So she was very sort of, you know, had this like big career and, you know, mm -hmm. was not very artistic and stuff at all. So when we, when we first would go away on vacations or do stuff together, she would always have an itinerary. I want to go to this place or this <laughs> museum and see this thing. And I'm like, like I'm just going to draw on the street for a few hours. I can, you know, I'll go to one museum, but they, I just get overwhelmed. It's too much, you know, mm -hmm. I'll look at two or three paintings, but then I'm like, my head's going to explode. <laughs> and at first she was quite like, I don't know if I like this. This isn't. So then over time, she's like, oh, I like this better. I have my own free time and I can do stuff and I'll meet you like at one o'clock after lunch <laughs> or, you know. And so I get to like kind of do my drawing. And then over time, she was like, 
wow, you have these things that you really love to do at home besides work. She's like, I just do work. Mm -hmm. So then a friend of, and actually it was Danny Gregory's uh, first wife who passed away, Patty. Mm -hmm. She said, we should take a class in, uh, you know, knitting. So they did. And my wife, her mom and grandmother used to knit a lot when she was a kid. So she just took it up and now is like completely obsessed and knits all the time then she started oh, yeah. taking up cooking and all these other things because she was like from watching me have something that I love to do that's that obsessed with that's mm. not work related so yes. now that's why there's balls of yarns all over the place so I started there's sort of s several little like things my little bubbles and things that I put uh -huh. so there's quite a few little and that I learned from looking at other artists over the years who I like, yeah. wow, they always have a little hook or a little thing that's like that. Yeah. So, Yeah, that's what I've been doing too is over the years, I would just, it's nice with Instagram, especially you can see what others are doing to inspire you to kind of take your own motivational uh, sure. inspiration. Yeah, and I and love I always the tell parts people too. to copy me. I go, just steal what I'm doing, do that for a while because it might lead to something else, you know? Don't. Yeah, oh. You know, in school, you think like, oh, I can't do that. They're doing. In fact, I'm reading a book now about Francis Bacon. And that's all he's doing. He's hanging around one painter and then he's stealing yeah. what he's doing. Then they're like, oh, now he's starting to do the kind of <laughs> same in advertising. You're stealing old ideas. You're retwisting them. You're yeah, it's a the musicians do the same thing. Right. Actors, they yeah. watch old movies and they go, oh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to develop yeah. something from there. Yeah. I was always stealing. But I just couldn't, like, if I liked someone, I would try to draw like them as a little kid, but it would come out different. And then I realized, oh, it's it's evolved into my own little thing. Yeah. I was trying to steal from him, but I don't, I didn't have the ability, but it inadvertently created something else, you know? So, yeah, there's so many questions. So as far as... <laughs> It's like my little brain just going the little, it, it, you know, it's funny though. I will say this. I, I like to, you're, you're self-deprecating humor in the book, <laughs> um, but uh, you were, you're very open about a little bit with the anxiety. And yeah, I'm just I'm curious definitely. because I, I've uh, come across like art therapists, I've interviewed art therapists and horticultural therapists and, you know, depression, anxiety are very common thread with patients right. and foods and addiction and, I'm curious as you found that the art has that been helpful with the anxiety or you know dealing with other things in your life. You know, it's sort of like when the anxiety happened, you know, and it happened very big and dramatically, but it was incremental. So maybe it took mm -hmm. like five years of very slow motion mm -hmm. till one day I'm like, I'm having trouble getting into my office. Like wow. I'm literally on the street. I would have like a huge meeting and I'm like, I don't think I can make it into the building. I would try over and over. I get in the lobby, I turn out, I have to go to a park and sit there. I'd be sweating and like, like mm -hmm. I have this big presentation, all the bosses, everyone's there to this client. And it started to get where I couldn't go. I wouldn't mm -hmm. get into the building. Mm -hmm. And I would go the next day and they were like, oh, you know, they liked your stuff. They just, it started to become like, they just thought I was eccentric. They go, sometimes Kane doesn't show up. They didn't know, because if you're like drinking every day, it's sort of like, I got to stop drinking. I'm an mm -hmm. alcoholic. Are you doing cocaine? Or you have cancer? You're like, this hurts you. Oh, then you know what to do. This, there's no, mm. right? It's, right? It's like a hidden weird. And so you're always embarrassed and you're trying to always act not normal. 
And that I was very good at. So no one knew something was lurking, you know, that I was having all these issues and problems. So the art, uh, it only helped. I never put anything together. A lot of times, too, I was stopped even going out. I would just sort of make it to work. I could barely do that, then get home. And I would just draw, right? I would draw all weekend. I'd get home Friday after work and I would draw until... And, and a lot of painting I was doing too. Mm -hmm. So it just sort of saved me, like if I had nothing to do and I was just trapped in my own. And this way it kept a kind of normalcy. Everything's normal, I'm going to work, I'm selling all the stuff, I'm hugely successful. Mm -hmm. I'm making tremendous money, What? Mm -hmm. what's the problem? So mm -hmm. I never go out, I'm like working very hard and it, it gave me a kind of something to focus on and to do. Uh, and sort of pretending that the world was okay. So it wasn't mm -hmm. until it got to like a really uh, crazy point that a few sort of things uh, happened that I had to seek help, you know, mm -hmm. which yeah. we could talk about. That would be a long, it's almost like another discussion, but I'm very open about it, like the things that happened to me. Because once I went for help, I started seeing a, a shrink in a in a way then i was able to go to tell people so i told my bosses like i'm disappearing a lot not it's because i have this problem and then they were like oh you should have told us but you know i'm like i was so scared and embarrassed i didn't even quite know what it was so after i had told them once there were meetings and things i stopped sort of having the attacks because i'm like if i have to get out of here i could just say i gotta leave and they go we understand the more people knew and then it wasn't hidden, uh, the feeling wasn't coming on, you know? Mm. It's, also, um, it's almost the anticipation was prompting it and making it worse. Yeah, once you feel that feeling coming, there is no, and it just gets worse and worse. And it's, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I being, I, I'm prior military as well. So I, I think trauma certainly has a very uh, large part of a lot of folks with that. I'm, I'm, almost done listening to a book called The Body Keeps Score. Mm -hmm. And it was quite remarkable. Um, and talking about anxiety and how the body starts these feelings before the brain can even realize what's going on. And so it's unnerving and you feel out of control and you're just not sure what's going on. It's it's a, a crazy feeling for sure. I, I, I had gone, um, I had gone, we had gone down to the Florida Keys with my family, my kids, and for Christmas, and we were kind of in some rough waters, and we were going um, snorkeling. <laughs> my kids are like fish. I'm not so much like a fish, but, you know, I dive in. I'm like, mom can do this, but I started having, like, right. my my brain was like, there were some big waves, but you put your head under the water, and it was much calmer, but you were like, right, <laughs> these waves, and I was like, getting to the point I couldn't breathe. I was like, okay, I'm nervous. Let's con you know, it's like, I was like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Am I going to drown today? <laughs> um, but, you know, I was luckily I, I had some training and <laughs> some aspects of learning, you know, helping people step out of the cycle. And I did that to myself. And I finally was able to, like, calm down and enjoy it somewhat. I was happy to get on the boat. But it was a really that just having that brief moment of that feeling. I, I can't imagine what that must be like, because you never know when it's going to happen, right? How did, well, for how me, did you... it got to the point where it was happening all the time. 
Wow. So I couldn't go to parties if there was office parties, things. I was just sort of any meeting. I couldn't go to family weddings and things like my cousin. If I went and then they were going to close the door in the reception hall or whatever, I had to get out. And mm. I would leave for like four hours. And everyone just like, he's an asshole. But my mm. health overrode everything. I had to do what I had to do. Mm-hmm. I, I once almost had to an airplane taxiing down on a business trip I almost had to tell the stewardess you have to stop the plane and go back yeah. to that. but I yeah. talked myself off the ledge you know it was very hard I mean talk about it you're literally like shaking almost yeah well I can yeah. tell you a quick story of how yes. it really what happened was my sister there was a party for my mom and I was struggling to get through the Holland Tunnel I had this convertible an old 60s uh car and I kept driving to the Holland Tunnel to go and I couldn't get in the tunnel because I knew it was like a family party there's all these people going to be there and it was like I tried two or three times I literally drove to my apartment I laid on the couch and I was like tears are rolling I'm like what the you know you're going to lose your job you're going to lose everything how can you not you're to the point where you cannot drive the car through the the Lincoln Mm -hmm. Tunnel like Mm -hmm. so I went back and I forced myself and I somehow did it I got to the party I was just sitting in a chair like almost shaking like holding up because once I got to these parties if I actually did I just sat quietly and everyone was like what the hell but mm-hmm. I didn't realize that right? Right. so my sister started talking to me and she was I said I the first time I told anyone anything but I go I think I had this panic attack I couldn't drive through the tunnel and she said you know when I was um pregnant with her last kid she has three girls she was in a shopping mall and maybe she was like eight months pregnant and all of a sudden she they never had a panic attack before she had this severe one she was like crying the two little girls ran away they were like two and three and people ran and grabbed them and then they brought her in a jewelry store and so my father was home so she called him he wasn't far and came and got her and then after that she went to her doctor and he said look it's not uncommon when you're pregnant or something that something like this could happen he said it's probably hereditary too like Mm. your great-grandmother or someone you know like this kind of runs in the line so she said her doctor said I'm going to give you some medication you keep this with you and you ever have that feeling again you take this pill and it will cure it no problem right so she would and she said like a year later, she had sort of forgotten about it. And she was at the doctor getting a checkup. And the guy said, oh, how I see a, a note. Well, how are your panic attacks? And she said, I never have them because I keep the pills you gave me. Mm-hmm. And he said, they're just sugar cubes. I gave. It was mm-hmm. a placebo. And that blew, you know, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, it's a it's not a real thing. I'm just built. It is a real thing. I'm having yeah. it. But that was the start. That was the first moment where I eventually got help and it turned around for some reason. I don't know why, mm. but that was the, the, power that was of the, the catalyst. Mind. That is amazing. Yeah. So yeah. kind of just kind of what you're saying here, it's like you're coming from, you're connecting the thinking part of the mind with the emotional aspects. There's, you know, the, the wires are getting reconnected yeah. and the body keeps square. He kind of talks about that. The talk therapy is not the key for a lot of folks. They have to do other things like they'll do theater, they'll do art, they'll do, um, there's this thing called EMDR, which is really interesting. So it's really interesting how they correlate that. That's, that's an incredible um, thing. It's, 
it's such a humbling moment because as a physician, you know, patients come and tell us things that you would never think you look at the, someone from the outside, right. Who's successful, who has, you know, this incredible talent and doing whatever they're doing, but inside they have so much going on and it's just really makes a humbling moment when someone can be vulnerable and share those things with you. But yeah, I, I would love to hear what would you do as a, as a physician, let's say you're a doctor. And so you see the chronic disease burden, right? The diabetes, the heart disease, the cholesterol, the autoimmune disease, all these things. What in your mind, I want to see what's going on in there. How, what would you start to draw? Cause I have some ideas, but it, then I'm getting inspiration from you by that. Cause you said on here, um, and I can't paraphrase correctly, but how you would look at other artists and you don't think anyone would ever look at yours, but I'm looking at yours and being inspired. So I want to reassure you, what was, how would you do on the, on the health side of things? Cause I've seen you do with the animal um, agriculture and the climate stuff. What in your mind would you start thinking about like the chronic disease in Well, I, to me, it always draws down to like, I would just try to focus on one fact if there was something one day I came across like oh that's Mm. interesting fact then I would try to do something around that no matter you know whatever the kind of fact was about the heart or you know like even in like Ornish's book um, he'll say like if you have a family history you know like you can have a little bit of fish or something you know but he's like Mm -hmm. if you've had a heart attack or a real heart condition then you you can't and then it will say sort of vegany kind of things too it'll say you shouldn't have like chocolates they don't have that's one thing that clogs the arteries or avocado or nuts mm. there was a few things that sort of surprised me mm. so it's almost like i would try to maybe focus on a thing like that mm. and kind of do a drawing that's uh more specific you- yeah so that's what that's what i think helps me to make a drawing Mm. i don't go like oh my god vegan so now it's like how do i do this drawing drawing that encompasses all of vegan film and okay and it's funny because all the vegan artists write to me and they'll say like you're the only one does things about fish and the ocean Mm. so even as a kid we always you know had boats and would go fishing and crabbing and all so i love that stuff so i do a lot of stuff on the on that side of it also you know Mm -hmm. so maybe it's more the health things um aren't you know didn't uh stir me sort of visually i'm just trying more for people to think about food you know Mm -hmm. and i think it's easier if you're like oh my cuddly little dog and cat and like oh now you're killing me you know chickens and pigs are kind of the same so it's an easier visual thing to do but I think for you to think about it is just start, uh, you might come across a fact that interests you one day that you go like, God, even I didn't know that. that how would I visualize that? And a lot of times, though, so I just have a little notebook mm-hmm. and I make a lot of little scribbles. I could do it this way or I could do it that way or mm-hmm. I'll do three or four little ideas. And then if I can sort of look at that, how to solve the problem, then I love to use you know, reference. So then I'll look online, like I need a, mm. a, a heart. And a lot of it is in finding that, like a, this, uh, it's not the right, you know, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, that's too graphic. That's too like something, you know, like, mm. cause a lot of times I'm looking for 
like a pig or a chicken they need a certain kind of look on their face and they need it's like profile or this mm. or that and suddenly it's like oh that's hard to find so mm. i'll use a reference and i can make stuff up but it's it's the single in on just a fact and then just think about mm. the fact you know oh that's a really good because so, in my experience more at the drawing is taking large concepts and trying to distill it in one page so i can remember it yeah versus you know, pulling out um, a story. Can I show you one of mine? That, sure, of um, course. Um, I mean, I've done a lot of weird different things, but this was a more recent one. I haven't finished painting it or it's falling out. But um, I had, I was, I was looking through Instagram and I, uh, Oprah, they, someone had shared a clip on Oprah. <clears throat> and she's like, you need to take the time to fill your cup, fill your cup, fill your cup before you can, fill others right you're you have all these other things so that kind of got me thinking so now i'm and i'm when i'm seeing things now like i see them in a drawing i'm trying to like how would i draw that i'm trying to do that but i drew this and i haven't finished it but it's literally it's just the lady but i did you like that (laughs) yeah see so that is like really working conceptually see it's not easy to do and so you're uh yeah combining all these elements and it like works perfectly okay cool i'm so excited yeah because it really you know these are the things we should be pouring in. these are all things that are pulling out that we can't turn off uh, you know exactly. being a mom or um but yeah See, that, but that's good because you're taking a chance you're going outside the kind of normal yeah. drawings of like i said people they love to draw cars or fire hydrants but that the conceptualizing it it's like really cool Thank you. Yeah, it's, um, you know, and I like our Christmas tree, I saw that you had a Christmas tree in here too. And I had drawn one previously, but mine are all the ornaments. So I, I drew um, our Christmas tree kind of in a kind of inspired by you kind of how you did your this one. That's fantastic. And and I talked about it took me three days, but I finally finished it. That's that's good. um, Yes, no, like I can't not have a good drawing in this book like i just see, i can't go. that is good that is. <laughs> but it um, you see because it's a kind of way so of like going to the gym now you've set a standard so yeah. you're not like uh let me just go and i'll run on the treadmill for five minutes you're like no i'm gonna it. do this i i need yeah. to spend even if you can only spend a little bit of time you're just spending a little bit more on that same drawing and the next day a little bit more and it adds yeah. up yeah because, you know, another thing that you inspired me is sometimes I saw tickets um, mm-hmm. on your, your sketchbooks. And so we went to Phoenix and spent a week there trying to get away. I live in Colorado. It's a brisk here. And nice, we, <laughs> it is very nice. I love it. I'm outside of Boulder. And we went to the, have you been to the um, Musical Instrument Museum? No. This place is a phenomenal place. Wow. I mean, I, I I will tell you. But anyway, I just the drawing took, bonanza. Yeah, so I kind of just took oh, some inspiration cool. from you, Love and I'm it. trying, yeah. you know, and of course Woodstock and stuff. But they had engraved this guy's face on this trumpet. I mean, it was just so amazing these aspects of these people. But yeah, no, I trust. There's some. I you're my new obsession about like being inspired. So I just but you like, know what I do. Like sometimes if I'll do that, if I'll go to a museum that has all instruments uh-huh. and stuff, yeah. What I what I try to do now is I draw one thing big on the page. I'll, okay. I'll find one thing of like, wow, that's cool, like some tuba or something. Instead of draw, trying to draw each thing kind of similar, yeah. To try to make the 
to try to make it more tell a story and then I'll have secondary things. So two, maybe smaller-ish uh, objects, right? And then I can fit in others wherever the space is left okay. with kind of smaller things, you know, but like in advertising in the, when I first was learning art direction, you know, people, if they had a lot of objects, they would just put it all on the page, you know, and the, the creative director's like, can't do that. You know, you have mm. to tell a story, you know? If you're mm. telling a story about making gazpacho, you know, maybe the biggest thing is a blender, right? It's like mm -hmm. the giant thing on the page. Then there's a tomato cut in half. Then there's mm. the, you have smaller things and it's like, oh, mm. I see. And how do mm. people do that? So you could sort of not really plan it, but you just kind of, and then you can have the things run into each other. Yeah, I like that because one of them, um, you know, I and I need to work on this one a little bit more is take your medicine every single day, but I made it into a pill, but it's a pill. Oh, I, love I put all of the, oh, the things cool. that you're doing. And then the other thing that really inspires me is my patience. And mm. I had um, one, one that really spoke to me was she's like, you know, whenever I'm stressed, my blood sugars go up, which is a very common physiologic response. And um, uh, Naomi Dad had a quote, I love quotes. She said, your body hears everything your mind says. And all I could think of was my patient. So I drew um, her That's like cool. feeling her body. But so those are the, those are the kind of things like I'm looking like at what you're doing. I was like, this is such like 10 levels above what I'm doing. I want to do that. I just am so incredibly inspired and thankful that you have been putting your stuff out. So people like me can use it. <laughs> and, well, what's good is that like, it forward. starts with taking the first step. So once yeah. you do it and now you're more comfortable, like I'll meet, yeah. you know, a lot of artists and stuff and they just never take that first step. Mm. And the thing I like about the sketchbook, because even in my office, right, where when I was working, it's all people out of art school. A lot of them can't draw. They're always like, mm. what are you doing? That guy's like drawing, you know, we have <laughs> never seen art directors draw. And then they go, you know, I used to draw in art school. Like maybe I should do that. <laughs> and a couple of times that someone would come, you know, like, two months later and say, guess what I did? And I go, what? The guy bought like a big uh, canvas and I have all these paintings. And I'm like, it's a mistake. I go, you're never gonna do any, I go, you've got too big. I keep telling you, buy mm -hmm. like a little a, a mm -hmm. sketchbook. And they're like, no, don't worry. Two months later, four months, six months, did you start the painting? No, it's just sitting there. I go, okay, uh -huh. you're not listening to me. You're trying to be grandiose, you know, be right. small. And right. so by you, you're, you've broken out of that. You're, you're concepting and doing stuff. And so then it just leads to, you know, a lifetime of doing it. And of course you get better yeah. and better. Like I have a friend now and her, her son is just uh, September going to ninth grade and I mm -hmm. see his work and it's so phenomenal. Wow. And I'm like, if I showed you what I did at that age, you would laugh. Like it's almost like stick figures, but everyone was like, oh, that's fantastic. But because <laughs> yeah. now these kids have the internet, they can, there's how-to videos. They can look at how they're, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, so, they're so smart. These kids are, yeah. what's available for them right now, it's just it, absolutely insane to me. I mean, I just, it I'm, I'm almost blows my mind what they're able to see, but it's almost a, it's a burden and a blessing, right? Yeah, it's, it's a double-edged sword, but it's still, Phenomenal. I don't know, I'm interested in seeing what they'll do because they are talented and they all work on the computer and stuff and because you know like 
all the great artists if they were here today that's what they would be doing they'd be on that computer like with <laughs> all those apps and like trying to like you know it's, it's right. cool but it is it's really cool i love technology obviously i do telemedicine right but there's something about like i have a written calendar like you know i can't I love that old school right it's like I a rolodex it is like or, you know, there is, I have that as well, <laughs> you know, Much so respect. exactly. Those are those things I feel like are, we, I don't want to lose touch with the pen and the paper, right? Cause I feel like right. that is just so much more of where I can really see my real skill improving. And, um, cool. but, uh, I am just, I'm just, I just so fun having you talk to you. This is just, well, you know, the other blast. nice thing too, is I'm sure that when your friends come over, someone like, oh, can I see that? And then they're like, you yeah. did this, you can hold it. Like if you yeah. hand someone your like, you know, your iPad, they're like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really want to look at this. Like, yeah. There's something different about a physical yeah. thing to look at. It. It's great. Absolutely. You know, it's, um, I wrote, there was a, when I first got this, because I, you know, I, I'm a big fan of like, I love sketch, uh, not sketch, I am like scrapbooking when I, my kids were little mm -hmm. and I'd put together their albums and stuff i mean they're in their mid-20s now they're like yeah whatever maybe one day they'll think there's a cool <laughs> of course but, they will <laughs> um but there was a quote written by a clergyman francis kilbert and he said a pity that even such a humble and uneventful life as mine should pass away without some such record and he had written uh multiple right. journals and things and i thought this is kind of the sketchbook i want to leave something that my Absolutely children can is. see right don't Absolutely. you feel that way? A hundred percent. Yeah. It's like this little piece of you that's not going to go away when we go away. Like it's there. It's yeah. Also, but they're special. It's not yeah. you know you go to the people's house and they're like, I'm going to show you my you know vacation photos or videos. And yeah. after two, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> but those, you know, someone even like when I go to my friends' places on my wife's school friends or something they go oh my daughter draws you know and the kid will bring this thing and i'm like this is unbelievable like it's so cool you know? yeah that it's is. it's not like anything else you know it isn't and it's just um you know we uh we went on to you know you see those painting classes that people can go to and have parties yeah. and stuff so yeah. my husband booked one for us he and he's, That's cool. he's an engineer he's an engineer there's he struggles <laughs> but we did this one so we painted this one and he has this it. over here but this one a patient of mine actually painted um i helped him with his diabetes he was dr marbus i want to say thanks he goes i paint his name is matt hersheimer and he has this on on instagram as well but he's like what is your favorite fruit and he's i was like well watermelon blueberries and strawberries who doesn't love these things and <laughs> he sent me this and i was just That's so fantastic. like it'll be the most treasured thing fantastic. right oh yeah no, it, has, it does it is amazing and it's uh, it must be a yeah, special day to see what yeah, you've done it, i mean, as well well it's funny like i had this friend but she passed away um belair he was one of the great you know photographers and artists in new york and we always but I used them a lot and we were always doing these big photo shoots and he would see me drawing in my sketchbook and he was always poo-pooing the idea. He's like, hey, what are you doing there? And I'm like, oh, I'm drawing like, you know, the sandwiches we're going to eat. Uh, so it was, again, like 
a year or more had passed. And one day he's like, oh, you're not going to believe this. And out of his little satchel, he took this sketchbook. And I go, really? You know? Oh and my when gosh. I was looking through them, they were so fantastic. Just drawing people like on the street. Um, because he would love to like drive in his car at night, just like snowy gas stations. And where, you know, he had a very particular look and feel. So then his sketchbooks got better and better to the point where they looked like they were like these elaborate paintings, watercolors. I mean, wow. they, they just look almost like photographs. Like he became so good and he just devoured like YouTube videos and studied and studied. Mm -hmm. And then he went and started doing big canvases. And I'm oh, like, see, wow. it only started because you Already. took the stupid notebook and started doing it, you know? He always had the ability, but he didn't even realize like it just really wow. came out. Wow. But that's how it starts by starting small, even what you're yeah. doing. It's like, and I love those things. Like my mom or nieces and stuff, they'll go to those painting parties. And yes. uh, I think it's fantastic. Oh, and there's so much fun, right? Yeah. I just, that was my first one I'd ever done. I've you know, taken art classes and stuff, but that's you know, cool. my very best friend, Melanie Thompson, growing up, we were buddies since her first trip on a, she was 12 years old. We met, I was 13. <laughs> Phenomenal artist, went on to become an illustrator and we spent some time with her in Phoenix. And um, I felt a little embarrassed showing her somebody. She's like, Lori, these are great. And so she goes, I, you've inspired me. I'm going to draw our Christmas tree and that's going to be our Christmas card. So I felt so that's humbled cool. that someone who's, that you know, has a, so that was really fun. So anybody could inspire anyone, but I, I'll tell I you, your work is, is really cool and um i appreciate it is there as far as do you have any you know i'm keeping you to the hour that i put no, to you i'm sorry no, I'm um loose. as far as any advice for someone because i've been encouraging my patients to pick up a pen and a pencil and start drawing or doodling or sketching i was in a uh, recently i was uh, i'm going to be in a <clears throat> documentary by plant pure nation uh the campbells actually oh. to colin campbell's son nelson i spent 10 days with um eight patients in a house in north carolina going on a new wow. to the plant-based diet it was really fun but anyway i bought them a sketchbook i was like and i brought my sketchbook. i need you guys to sketch your experience here because there's so many amazing things that happen to someone when they find health through eating this way but what do you do? How do you, what advice would you give to someone who's afraid? Like you said, it's that first step. What, what courage? And I think it's like, you? you know, the worst thing is self-judgment, you know, and everyone has it even, you know, you could get mm -hmm. to a certain level and they, you always have doubt. You're always like someone else is better. It's kind of like, well, it's like people can get a million dollars then you have 10 and you have 50 and they're still unhappy because they're like, someone has like a billion, I can't, you know, Mm -hmm. So it's like you you should just take judgment out of it. And I think the easiest thing in starting is to maybe like copy someone else, you know, mm -hmm. there's a drawing you like or something you like or an old picture or painting or mm -hmm. it's just start there. It's, it's just start very simple. And I think like Danny Gregory, you just draw what's in front of you, you know, like the pepper shaker or, the, mm -hmm. you know, a, a jar of, you know, pickles or something you know mm -hmm. it's don't think you know it's mm -hmm. take the thinking out of it so just draw whatever is there um you know your computer keyboard or your whatever here i have like a water bottle something you know so mm -hmm. just 
have no thought process, just begin and don't, and just be very easy on yourself. You know? mm. I love that. So you start small, it's kind of like habits, right? You build a healthy habit, you start small, make it easy, not too overwhelming. Yeah, no judgmental. You're not trying, mm. just because you do it, you have to be great. No, it's not about that. In fact, you don't even have to show anyone for six months. Just do a little drawings mm. each day for yourself and mm. just see what comes, you know, because people surprise themselves, you know? Mm. So I'm always mm. meet people and like, oh, I can't draw a guard. I'm sitting next to you go like, what's this rim around here? Draw, oh, okay, uh, uh, and like draw the next thing, uh, uh, all right. Mm. You know, it's funny because uh, when I used to go to life drawing classes, there was always a lot, because a lot of times I'm just alone, I'm here drawing, right? Mm -hmm. But when I go to life drawing, there'd be 20 other people or sometimes more. So over time, people will get to know me and they're like, because in New York, there's like a lot of good people, you know, they're mm -hmm. really excellent. So people would start to ask me like, how do you draw? And I'm like, I go, but I go, when I look at like this person's ear, I go, what everyone does is they look, oh, they go, okay, I'm going to begin there. And then when they go to the paper, they draw what they think an ear looks like. They're not drawing mm -hmm. that, right? And I said, same with the nose or whatever. So I go, anytime I draw something, like when I would be in art school, so people would bring in their work and then they're like, you know, I'm not very good with hands. Or they would say, you know, I, when it gets to the mouth, I can't do that. Or I have really trouble with ears or something. And I was always like, what are they talking about? I don't, because I'm never drawing the object that I'm drawing. I'm just drawing a shape. So I'll just look at the top of the ear and I go like, it goes like that. Then I draw that. Then I look what's under it, I draw that. And I look, I draw the next little object. And after I've drawn a bunch of little objects, I'm sort of like, wow, that sort of looks like an ear. Mm. I'm not saying, uh-oh, now I'm bad at noses. Now I'm in the nose area. This is not gonna look good. Mm. I'm not, all I'm doing is I'll do the next shape. I'll do the next little shape. Like, Mm. all right this far away is kind of where the hand in but what is the hand the hands like the smile I'll draw that like mm. and then when I look back I go geez that sort of looks like a person that looks like a hand but mm. I have removed what I'm drawing so this friend of mine used to come at me all the time and I, and I'm like I would tell him the advice right but it took him maybe six eight nine months and one day he's like today's the first day look because see mm -hmm. how much I've improved he goes mm -hmm. I keep thinking what you're saying and I keep catch myself mm. when I go here and I'm drawing what I think a hand looks like I'm not drawing the thing that I'm looking at and slowly he did it and he it it took a while to get it into his head but that's my whole approach of how I do everything mm. it's, it's I'm just looking at that, that shape I'm looking at the shadow I'm looking at that and I don't care even about proportions because that's why I liked your drawing of the uh, faucet and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't care if the hand gets big and the faucet's like, mm -hmm. you know, and you're like, well, I could have made it all like perfect and better. It's like, no, what makes it interesting is all those things. And mm -hmm. Same when you go to like life drawing class or whatever, it's like, don't try to make the proportions all, you don't try to do it wrong, but don't worry about it's getting all crazy and one eye's lowers and this mm -hmm. it's like I just keep at it I keep trying to make it look good in the end people are like wow that's great they don't realize the you know 394 mistakes I made and mm -hmm. you know I'm always trying to correct the mistake after that but I keep going as best I can mm -hmm. and in the end it sort of looks like something but I'm not afraid of all the mistakes and I'm not 
trying to draw a hand or an eye or a nose or a fire hydrant, I'm just drawing those. So mm. that I think is a, an it's advice I try to, I, I, I tell a lot of people that it takes a long time to implement it, it sort of does. Sounds well, it yeah. I I I'd say two things to that. It's brilliant device. So you're seeing shapes, not an ear. You're like, well, what is the shape that I'm seeing? So you can yeah. replicate that. And then I start seeing. I noticed one thing is I started making this a practice as much as I could. When I would go places, I started seeing things. If that makes sense, seeing. Yes, I do. I know you get it. <laughs> you, you see things very damn well. It's like um, like we go it's for more a walk, of an like, awareness. Yes, a mindfulness. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's like, what it, because here's what I have. I walk with my wife, and then later yeah. I'll post like little films on my story, and she's like, "Where did you shoot that? Like, where did you do this? Like, I was with <laughs> you the whole time. When you and I'm like, I didn't see that. When did this happen? What's the you know." <laughs> So that, again, I'm sort of there, but like you're saying, you have a different awareness because you're looking for things. Yeah, so that's exactly right. So when my my middle one, Jonathan, he's uh, 25, he's he's at home after cool. He's, he and his brother moving out there, think, you know, his dad and I are here for their social life, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> um, he loves to go walk to me. I just, it's like I treasure these moments because I know they will end. <laughs> <laughs> and get, there's gonna be some girl that's gonna replace me or something but no. we go oh my gosh but we go for walks and we did like I you know I I tell my patients you know look for things and I grabbed um some leaves that we had along the way in the fall Fantastic. and I just put them all together and that was so much fun and um I drew him we there's a there's a Starbucks literally a mile down the road it's taken a lot of my money and <laughs> I drew Jonathan and we were sitting there. It's like, son, this isn't going to be the best drawing, but I, I drew what I saw and just kind of talked That's to fantastic. him. That's um, fantastic. See, I love how the big logo floating there and stuff. Yeah, been, so that was great. kind of fun. I love eyes. There's something about eyes that are cool. <laughs> That's great. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, I love that, that you gave that advice about following the shapes because that that sitting there was my first time I had drawn, like try to draw a room. And I had to do shapes because I kind of, after a while, I was so frustrated with the angles. I was like, okay, Lori, what do you see? You see a rectangle that's getting smaller <laughs> and this, and that really helped a lot. Sure. So I really, yeah, I just, brilliant. I just sort of get even all that stuff out of my head, perspectives mm. and whatever. And just like, just draw that table. So the front mm. of the table is wider than the back of the table. I'm just, I just okay. draw it. I don't. And then another thing sort of about observation, which is kind of funny too, is like when I go on vacation now, like my wife and I go to Paris or Rome or someplace or London, you know, I know we'll be there X number of days and I don't always want to just go like, all right, I'm going to leave now. Like, you know, we'll spend a few days, but as we're walking around like a new city uh, at the corner of my eye, I'm like, oh, I can, that's a good thing to draw, right? Mm. That is. So sometimes in the afternoon, she's like, oh, I'm jet lagged, I'm gonna sleep. And I'm like, all right, then I know, to go. I don't have to wander around the street, like what should I do? Mm. I'm already putting away logging things to like, mm -hmm. oh, that's kind of interesting, that's good. Because mm -hmm. at first my wife would be like, all right, let's have lunch here. Okay, you can draw. And I'm like, well, mm -hmm. there's nothing here, you don't get it. It doesn't work that way. I've mm -hmm. had 
Yeah. So I've learned it's more observational. And now I'm, I just threw it as habit. So I'm, I'm just yeah. observing all kinds of things. That's smart. When you go somewhere new, that's, yeah. Cause sometimes it's so much overwhelming. Like we that's, went, we stopped to Santa Fe on the way to Phoenix. We drove down cause I'm cheap. And so uh, there's so many cool things that I could draw in Santa Fe. I'm from New Mexico originally, but not, nice. not Santa Fe, but it's absolutely amazing. The things, if you just sit back and look and walk by or run, cause I'm a runner. I, draw flowers that I saw that were just these brilliant purple colors every time I'd run by them like I am going to draw you <laughs> it stuck in my head until I did it's like like you said it's kind of like in there until you release it and it's like okay here it is okay good see, a lot of my it. flower ones what I'll do too is sometimes it's like pouring rain out or somewhere I just go out and like pick a bunch of flowers and mm. things or find things leaves on the ground then I bring them in the house oh, really? and then I'll just draw them yeah there so nice like sometimes if I'm in a place too, I'm just sort of picking up like acorns and rocks and, you know, seashells so that there's stuff like my wife's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed early. Then I can do that or get up in the morning if I'm in a place. It's, so it's not just drawing the streets or the things too. So gotcha. there, there are certain things you can just kind of take with you. That's a, that's a really good idea. Which reminded me, you said acorns, which made me think about squirrels, which made me think, why is this your spirit animal? <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. So why the squirrel is when I, I would, I was doing like a series of animals that had like handguns at one point, like pigeons and coyotes it was just I was drawing on cardboard and I so one of them was this squirrel so when I met my wife you know we were just dating she uh, she was always like you're constantly like making the bed doing the dishes like the house is like clean you know because I would have to say to her like does this bother you <laughs> like if you throw your coat on the floor or do you mind if I like hang it up? And she's like, that doesn't bother me because I'm like, the problem is me, not you, right? It's like, I'm so neat. And so she would just look at me and she goes, you know what you're like? You're like one of those squirrels that run back and forth across the road and the cars just miss them, you know? So she calls, <laughs> she used to call what I do squirrel activity. You have like, a drawing oh, yeah. in here about squirrel activities in a list. So I was curious. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's where it was. So then one oh, day um, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I need a logo, you know, because it's sort of advertising. Wow. I'm like, how do I promote myself? So, so then I thought, oh, the squirrel, because my wife always calls me that the squirrel. Funny. So that I had that one that became my stickers, my logo. But then a lot of like kids, like young skateboarders and stuff. And I'm like, I can't have this gun. It's not PC. So that's why I <laughs> did another one with the uh, water pistol. So Gotcha. Oh, my but gosh. Yeah, I'll, I'll send you some. Oh, my goodness. That'll be amazing. Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm sorry I went over the hour. But thank you oh, no so problem. much, Tommy, for sharing your story and take, letting me show you my drawings and giving me some that's advice. Fun. I so thankful for that i can't believe you know dr ornish on that, oh on that. yeah no impressed. i've interviewed dr ornish yeah i've met great, him in person uh, great man stuff. great book just yes so, yes you know you, should be like required reading like of every high school student you know before oh, you get old and oh at least every medical student right you no know, it's, it's interesting too because he gets into like anxiety is a part of it too mm, so you can yes. be healthy, running, doing all the right things, eating fairly well or whatever, but it, that yep. can take you down and you can see how that 
can destroy a body. Yeah, you know, um, he was suicidal and at one time when he was a medical student and I interviewed him about that and we talked about it, it was really cool. It was really cool in conversation. Amazing. So amazing um, yeah, absolutely. There's so many amazing trailblazers that made my job a little bit easier, but now we got to take it to the next level. We, we're the ones <laughs> that got to, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work, um, but we're doing it. And I just want to say thank you for, you know, putting your, your perspective out there because it will resonate with so many people, guys. And I'm telling you right now, we'll have links. My son, my boys, <laughs> my youngest, who's a film, he's a film, he just graduated oh, college cool. actually a few days ago, film uh, marketing media guy. He's really artistic, but he, he's like, mom, I was just had a while. He's like, you gotta, you gotta pick up your thing. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> so he put this little together for me. And then my other son, who's in uh, marketing major, uh, cool. he's, uh, he's doing all my editing. He's like, mom, yours, your interviews are great, but your production sucks. I'm like, okay, fix it it's for hard. me. <laughs> it's a whole other skill. It really is. I'm a doctor. See, Right. no you're right but at least you're trying but that's the way it's like right. you're lucky you have other oh yeah I was lucky because in advertising they taught us all that stuff I uh. spent a million hours in editing rooms so it's like <laughs> oh now when you have all to do it at, you know yourself at home it's like yeah oh, it's like second eight. oh yeah for for young people and my brain it was they do in 10 minutes what took me like 10 hours i'm just exactly. so thankful i was like i will pay you sure to make it look better and take it off my hands but no it was right so everyone please <clears throat> we didn't even talk about your first book excuse me <clears throat> it's an excuse to draw and all my photos are made okay, with pen. pen are just phenomenal and i love the the, the, the art of pizza <laughs> oh my gosh lean power pizza um I'm but thank you yes and yeah. you have great sense of humor it's very enjoyable you'll have to it'll take weeks and weeks for me to like really truly appreciate all the detail that's in your drawings <laughs> and if not more than that but this will be treasured and thank you again so oh, no much problem. Thanks for watching and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you will be notified whenever we upload any new videos. On Monday, we upload the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. Now, if you're looking for more resources on how to start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, anything regarding wellness, we've got you covered. Check out HealthyHumanRevolution.com. And again, thanks for watching.